Welcome to the Get Healthier Podcast with Rena Jadhav, who's on a quest to uncover breakthroughs and cures in living longer, healthier, and happier. Genetic testing, stem cells, rattling, talking to Silicon Valley geniuses and the best doctors in the world about the hottest products and programs to make you live an amazingly joyful life. Are you ready? Now, here's your host, Rena. Hi, everyone. It's Rena Jadhav with Health Bootcamps. Now, the question for today is does stem cell therapy have the promise and potential of helping us age backwards and live a better quality life? Uh, we've heard so much. The question always is, is it a mirage or is there some truth to it? So, of course, I had to go out and find us the expert, Dr. Kristen Camella, who is um, the number one stem cell expert in the world at this point. She is seriously award-winning. She's renowned uh, in the field of regenerative medicine having helped over 10,000 patients. And she's part of an organization that also now helps heal patients. So Dr. Kristen, welcome. Thank you, thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor to be a part of your wonderful, amazing program, getting the word out to uh, individuals who need help tapping into their inner healing potential. Uh, Every single one of us have a miraculous machine that's been given to us and we just have to tap into that. And we forget that, don't we? I think we've been raised to believe that um, we get healed from the outside, that it's pills that heal us, that you know, we need to be given external things. And what a great point you just brought up, which is that we have a machine that can heal itself, and now we just have to understand this machine. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about regenerative medicine. What exactly is it? What is its potential? And why are you excited about it? Yeah, so the concept of regenerative medicine is that we can tap into this inner healing potential that's constantly going on inside our body. Uh, One of the most amazing things inside our body is stem cells, and our stem cells are hard at work at every moment. In fact, if you didn't have stem cells, you could only live for about an hour because your tissues would exhaust, and the stem cells that are responsible for repairing those tissues and replenishing the tissue as we age uh, would not go there to heal it, so you would only live for about an hour. Um, These stem cells that exist inside every single one of us, regardless of our age, are hard at work. So the idea of regenerative medicine is to tap into this potential and use it to reverse damage that comes as a result of aging or disease or injury. Uh, Every single one of us are getting exposed to different toxins as we go through life. And so sometimes we could use a little extra help uh, to reverse the damage that comes as a result of these toxins or even just an injury. So uh, the good news is that one of the most plentiful sources of stem cells inside our body is the fat tissue. Um, Even though we can get stem cells from just about every tissue inside our body, we can get about 500 times more stem cells from fat tissue than we could get, say, for example, from bone marrow. Um, So it's a really, really easy to harvest tissue and a really plentiful source of stem cells. Once we take out a small sample of your fat, which by the way, this can be done in a very easy outpatient procedure, so easy that we don't even need general anesthesia, meaning that you stay awake during the whole process. We use some local numbing to numb just below the skin, remove a small sample of that fat, isolate the stem cells that exist inside that fat, and then relocate them where you may need some additional help inside your body. 
Uh, so to give you some examples, uh, maybe a patient is suffering from an orthopedic injury or a degeneration inside our joint, something like osteoarthritis, we can directly inject those stem cells into the affected joint um, and the response can be twofold. The first thing that will occur is that the stem cells may help to reduce inflammation. Um, so a lot of times the source of pain is really inflammation and what ages us is also inflammation. Um, the second thing that may occur is that the cells will stimulate what's called an immunomodulatory or paracrine effect. And what this means is that the cells that we inject can actually help to send signals to the rest of your body and call other cells to the area which will help promote that healing of the degenerated joint or the injury that may have occurred there. This same concept can be applied to so many different diseases or damaged tissues within the body. That's incredible. It's almost like we should be able to halt degeneration of our body parts. Are yeah, you this okay? Yeah, I mean, this is exactly how the process works inside your body. Um, whenever you get an injury or you get a disease, it is your stem cells that are responsible for going and trying to repair. But sometimes our bodies become overwhelmed. So the natural stem cells that are going to that injury or that disease-damaged tissue uh, just aren't enough. So all we're doing is assisting a process that's already happening naturally um, by using those cells that are in storage inside your body. Um, and of course, the, the most obvious place to get it is your fat tissue. Now, something really interesting about the fat tissue, your fat doesn't tend to age as fast as the rest of your body. Um, what I mean by that is if we were to take cells from your fat, uh, right. they aren't going to be going down in numbers as quickly as cells, for example, in your bone marrow. Um, so, so we can actually take these from even patients in their 90s and get a good amount of stem cells to help use those uh, in areas where we just need a little boost of healing. That's incredible. So you've helped 10,000 patients. Let's start with where have you seen the most exciting results? Um, so for me, recently, some of the most exciting results that we've been working on are in neurological conditions. So these are patients uh, who are having issues in their brain. Uh, and this can be as a result of different diseases, things like Parkinson's or MS, um, but also injuries, things like traumatic brain injury or even spinal cord injuries. Uh, the idea is that there's going to be inflammation when you have these diseases and or these injuries. And we can use the cells to help bring down that inflammation and to help stimulate healing. Um, so what we've discovered is really critical in these neurological patients is combining a holistic approach of detoxifying their life, getting rid of toxins that they may be introduced to from either their diet or their water source or other toxins that may exist in the home, mm -hmm. um, and then combining that with the stem cell treatments um, and being able to come back and do repeat dosing with the stem cells. It's not necessarily going to be a one and done uh, type deal. Sometimes the damage in the brain is so extensive that we need to come back and repeat uh, the treatments more than one time. Um, we've seen some miraculous improvements in patients, patients who were uh, wheelchair bound and unable to walk or even unable to talk uh, as a result of the neurological damage, um, now talking in full sentences wow. um, and out of their wheelchair. Things that we would have said are impossible uh, with modern medicine, we're now starting to see these case reports 
Um, so it's really kind of a rewarding and exciting field to be in. Um, and to really help people take control of their health from the inside um, and do this in a more natural way without some of the pharmaceutical drugs that may be either just addressing the pain and not getting to the root cause um, and also can sometimes be accompanied with a lot of unwanted side effects. Oh, for sure. And have you had insurance companies help provide some kind of support so we can get this amazing technology out to more people, uh, the masses? Uh, so at this point, these are cash-based procedures. There's no insurance reimbursement. Um, but over the past decade or so, because we've been able to bring these protocols into the United States, meaning that patients no longer have to travel outside the country, we've been able to bring the prices down quite a bit. So originally, uh, these protocols were uh, $20,000, $30,000, $40,000. Now we're doing them inside the United States, beginning around $5,000. And when you think about it, uh, the amount of money that you might spend on either surgeries or medications, that can add up pretty quickly. So um, this is, I think there's nothing more valuable than your health and spending uh, your money on your health is probably the smartest thing that you can do. If you don't have your health, you've really got nothing. What's the right profile of the patient? Can you pretty much treat anybody or do they have to fit a certain profile? Yeah, so uh, when a patient presents to us, they'll meet with one of our medical staff. We go through a medical history. We go over medications, um, you know, exactly what's going on with them. Um, and, you know, anything that could be limiting, we go through that in their full medical history. We also do some blood work to determine if there were any limitations there. Um, you know, for example, issues with clotting or, you know, anything that would make them not a candidate for undergoing the procedure. Um, then what we do is consider an outpatient procedure. This is done um, in about two to three hours, uh, planned to be in the clinic. When they first come in, uh, we bring them into the procedure room and we make a small incision. It's so tiny that we don't even need to do stitching of that incision. It's about the size of my pinky nail. Um, and we apply a numbing solution just below the skin in what's called the subcutaneous fat tissue. Uh, we then remove using a very small cannula about uh, 60 milliliters of fat tissue, which is about the size of a stick of butter. Um, it's such a small amount that aesthetically you won't even notice a difference. Um, then we can process that to isolate the cells of interest. This is going to be a mixture of cells that express different growth factors and cytokines, um, including something called mesenchymal stem cells and hematopoietic stem cells, uh, as well as other cells that have uh, different growth factors that can actually help to stimulate what's called angiogenesis, which is the formation of new blood supply. So oftentimes, um, the reason for damaged and diseased tissue is a lack of blood flow to that area. So just by revascularizing the tissue, we can really stimulate healing. Once we isolate those cells, they can be delivered back to that same patient. So these are your own cells. There's no risk of rejection because they come from you. Um, it's, it's your cells, your body. Uh, once we um, are trying to address something, say, orthopedic, we would go directly into the joint. Um, we can also use things like ultrasound guidance to help us get in exactly the right position um, and deliver those cells where we most want them. If we're trying to address something systemic, say heart, lungs, or diseases like uh, diabetes, we would deliver these cells intravenously. So this is placed uh, into the vein and it's a push um, 
into the vein to allow the cells to circulate. What's really unique about these cells is that they have an ability to home to areas of inflammation and areas of damage. Our body automatically sends signals where we're having the biggest problem, and this is really part of that healing cascade. So to give you an example, if you took a knife right now and you cut your arm, your body would automatically start sending cells to that area and heal that cut. That's some fantastic technology. So, I mean, we're just really tapping into what your body's already doing. Now, if we're trying to address something in the brain, neurological, uh, what we can do is called an intrathecal injection, TH, intrathecal. And what this means is we inject in the lower portion of the back into the spinal cord fluid. Now, the spinal cord fluid will actually circulate along the spine up to the brain. So our thought is that it can help to carry these cells across the blood-brain barrier um, to help heal damage or inflammation that may be going on in the brain. We've actually published more studies than anyone in the world using these cells from the fat tissue to address a variety of different indications. Uh, we've published things for lung disease, heart disease, osteoarthritis, degenerative disc disease, so issues in your back, um, you know, even things like herniated bulging discs or, or other um, back injuries or degeneration. We also published the world's largest safety study, um, almost 700 patients in that study demonstrating that we can safely obtain and readminister these cells for different indications. We published the world's first case study in psoriasis and autoimmune disease. Um, we just received notification that we did get acceptance for our publication uh, in a meniscal tear. Um, so some of the things that are now being done as standard of care, for example, an arthroscopic surgery for a meniscal tear may become outdated in the near future because you may be able to use stem cells instead to heal these injuries and you won't necessarily need to undergo surgical procedures. That would be a beautiful future. So you are saying that there is a promise that in the very near future, you could be using stem cell therapy instead of surgery. So let's take heart. So, you know, we run health boot camps and we have mm -hmm. a heart beat heart disease boot camp, beat diabetes, beat cancer, beat menopause, sort of women's health. Let's kind of go through each one of these in mm -hmm. terms of how would stem cell therapy today, sort of, you know, what you're practicing today, help our, our members, our patients. So let's start with heart. So what all can it help with? What are the different health diseases it can help with? Yeah, so we actually published a study uh, looking at patients with congestive heart failure. Um, and what happens when you're having heart failure, um, this is often as a result of a heart attack. And so when a patient has a heart attack, they get blockage uh, in the arteries and it restricts the blood flow going to the heart. And when there's no blood going to the heart, there's no oxygen going to the heart. When there's no oxygen, the tissue dies. And what occurs is that tissue becomes fibrotic or scar tissue. It's, it's essentially dead tissue in your heart. And so a normal heart is going to be beating and the muscle is going to be working the entire time. Uh, but when you now have part of your heart that's damaged, the rest of your heart has to work extra hard because this part's no longer working. And because your heart's a muscle, this is working so hard, you start to get an enlarged heart. You start to get congestion. Your, your body's having a hard time pumping blood to all of the organs, and you're just constantly working in overload. So what we want to do is address this tissue that has become diseased and is no longer functioning and try to revascularize it, try to get the blood 
supply going here so this tissue can now start to perform uh, with the rest of your heart. So what we've demonstrated is that we can do one of two things. We can either directly inject these cells into the heart using a catheter, or we can simply apply the cells intravenously and allow those cells to travel through the body, and they will take a pass through the heart. Um, and go to those damaged areas. So in our published studies, what we demonstrated is that we can actually improve the ejection fraction, which is the ability of the heart to pump blood with every beat. So uh, if, if you have a heart that went all the way flat and all the way back up with every single heartbeat, this would be 100%. If your heart didn't beat at all, that would be 0%. Okay. Normal for most patients is around 65%. That's normal. When you start to move into heart failure, what occurs is that it's just not pumping as well. So maybe you're only 20% or 30%. Uh, so what we demonstrated in our studies is that we can take patients who are uh, having reduced ejection fraction, the percentage of blood with each pump, and actually improve that functionality. We showed about a 15 percentage point improvement in their ejection fraction after having gotten treatments with stem cells. We also demonstrated that patients can have improved exercise capacity. So this is really an indication of their cardiac output. Um, so what, what you do to measure exercise capacity is you have patients walk during a six-minute timed period, and you see what distance they can walk during that time. What we've discovered is that patients who received stem cell treatments can walk an additional football field length. You're talking about 100 meters further uh, after having gotten the stem cells. Now, just to put that into perspective, uh, biventricular pacing was approved by the FDA with only a 20-meter differential. So we're looking at something that is five times greater than the gold standard and will truly revolutionize how we treat heart failure patients. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. What about diabetes? How can you help someone who is either pre-diabetic or diabetic? Yep. So when we're dealing with di diabetic patients, we address both type 1 and type 2. Uh, when we're looking at type 1, our goal is to help improve the functionality of the beta cells um, and to give the pancreas a little bit of a break. Sometimes the pancreas is getting overworked um, and, and kind of exhausted. And then the other issue that happens with both types of diabetes is you start to get poor vascular supply. Um, so these patients often suffer from limb ischemia or non-healing ulcer wounds. Um, so we did a study looking at these non-healing ulcer wounds uh, as a result of diabetes. So these patients, because they don't have good blood flow going down their leg, when they get a cut or an injury on their foot, which for a normal uh, functioning system may not be a big deal, your body would heal it, for a diabetic patient, this can actually uh, take their life. These wounds become so severe that then they will require amputation. Um, so we, in the study, looked at patients who were on the list for amputation and demonstrated that in 75% of these cases, with just a one-time injection of stem cells, we are able to avoid amputation. So imagine what we can do with addressing it repeatedly, doing repeat injections. Now, the other thing that's critical with um, diabetic, especially diabetic type 2 patients, is to address the diet and the other toxins mm -hmm. inside their body. Um, so 
one of the main things that occurs when we are getting overloaded with toxins is that these toxins get stored in fat tissue. And it's because your body cannot process those toxins. It doesn't know what to do with them, so it sticks them in storage. So when somebody is actually gaining weight, it means that their body is being overloaded with toxins. And toxins can present in a variety of different ways. They are not necessarily always from your food. And I've seen people like this. They're like, I don't get it. All I eat is like salads and broccoli and I'm gaining weight. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, and so it's like, okay, well, you're getting toxic exposure. So it's coming from somewhere. So we really help patients to take a deep dive into their life to see where we can start to reduce those toxins and then combine that with the stem cell therapy to help repair the damage that's been done as a result of those toxins. Let's talk autoimmune. There's uh, mm -hmm. 51 million Americans today that are meant to have autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. And the numbers are incredible. Like there's over a hundred autoimmune diseases and the, the healthcare cost is running in trillions at this point. What is the stem cell therapy promise for autoimmune disease? Yeah, so th this is actually one of the, the most exciting things that we're doing as well with the autoimmune patients. Um, sometimes when autoimmune patients present to us, they have exhausted everything. They've yeah. tried every medication on the planet, um, and they're just not getting anywhere in helping. And sometimes if their medications originally will work, uh, sometimes they stop working, um, and it's just really devastating. So sometimes when patients present to us, um, there can also be uh, frustration and depression associated with it. So uh, again, we have to take a full picture approach. We cannot treat patients in a vacuum and just look at one little thing. We have to look at their entire life and look at where um, there are things going wrong in their life and start to address that. Now, when we use the stem cells to work on an autoimmune disease, uh, what we're essentially trying to do is push the reset button on their immune system. Right. So stem cells are, in a sense, immunomodulatory. And what that means is they will kick up uh, an immune response in the body and help your system function more normally. So when you have an autoimmune disease, um, your body's really attacking itself and it's not right. functioning properly. So by applying a dose of stem cells, we are essentially hitting that reset button and trying to get their system to function uh, in a more normal way. We've had patients, and actually we just published the, the world's first uh, case um, demonstration in psoriasis. This was a gentleman who presented to us um, covered in plaque psoriasis, so a uh, very red, raised, painful uh, skin. And so even though the presentation on the skin is very obvious, on the inside there are also uh, things going on. So it's, it's a very devastating disease uh, for patients. This gentleman uh, had suffered for more than 20 years um, using variety of different medications that just did not work for him. He had tried all sorts of different diets that were not successful um, and really presented to us uh, as a last ditch effort. He, at that point, had already become a recluse, refused to leave his home, um, and was suffering so much that he had communicated to us that this was his last chance to try something and that if this did not work, his intention was to commit suicide. Oh um, so we applied the stem cell dose within three weeks. We had 99% resolution of these plaque psoriasis oh on his body. Um, it was such an interesting and phenomenal case study uh, that we did choose to publish that study um, because we think that it's something that other practitioners need to learn about and that other patients need to know about. Um, this is an option and all we 
did was use those cells that already exist inside him. Heal him with him. He, he knows how to heal. We just had to unlock that potential. And, and this should really be the standard of care. You know, the way I look at it, I'm listening to you going, this, is the, this should be the standard care of care, right? Mm -hmm. This yeah. is the de facto way we should heal ourselves, not the prednisones, the antidepressants, and then, of course, the incredible cornucopia of, of um, medicines that we have. So the question I have for you, Dr. Kristen, is how do we take something that you're doing that you've proven and make it widespread available? What, what are the roadblocks today? Yeah, I mean, I think the challenges are that this is something that is, um, you know, if you're healing yourself, it's not something that can be bottled and sold. Um, so there's not a lot of interest from pharmaceutical companies to do this because they, they can't necessarily make a profit. Um, right. If the power to heal comes from you, um, you know, th right. there's a lot of medications that may not be necessary. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of profit that could be lost there. So uh, in that regard, there are some hurdles for us to overcome. And especially because um, everybody's cells are going to be different. My cells are going to be different than your cells. It becomes very challenging to characterize these. Um, so it doesn't fit into the traditional kind of drug model. We bottle this, we test it, we see what, you know, we put it on a shelf. Um, this doesn't fit our existing model. And so when you're trying to bring something forward that is a disruptor and that is different than the accepted paradigm of health, uh, there's going to be hurdles. And, um, you know, I, I experience these hurdles every day. So for me, uh, when I wake up in the morning, every single morning, I look in the mirror and I say, how am I going to get stem cells to as many patients who want them and who need them as possible? Yeah. And if it means I have to talk to one person at a time to tell them about stem cells, so be it. Uh, we are on the right side of history. This is going to change medicine as we know it. Um, and we're already starting to see a shift. Um, patients are interested in more natural therapies. Um, mm -hmm. Patients are getting disappointed with their medications. And we've seen that now in the news with the opiate epidemic. That's, right. That's not a solution. Um, trying to address pain and symptoms as opposed to getting to the root cause is not helping patients. No. Um, and not to say that there's not a place for pain medication. Certainly we, we need pain medication in acute type situations, but that cannot be our long-term solution. We have to look beyond that. Um, and yes, uh, sometimes I have to face naysayers, uh, but that's my lot in life and I'm willing to take on that challenge. Where are you getting the pushback? Um, so some, sometimes other practitioners will say, well, there's no large double-blind placebo-controlled trials. Um, so how do we know that this, this is real or that this is true or that patients are even getting better? It could be snake oil. The challenge is that large double-blind placebo-controlled trials are done for drugs, yeah. and they are paid for by drug companies. Yeah. There's no drug to bottle and sell here, so there's no funding to do a large placebo-controlled trial. The government doesn't pay for these trials, right. um, and you know when when the technology's in you, uh, there's really no one to profit. It, it's not a huge profit center. These are physician-to-patient treatments. Physicians are helping their patients to do as they see fit. Um, using those cells. So it's just relocating. So it's more like, I would say, a surgical procedure. Um, so the way surgical procedures come into practice is that doctors begin doing them and perfect them over time. Um, and eventually they become accepted as the standard of care. They don't necessarily go through these large double-blind placebo-controlled right. trials. That's right. So for someone, let's say, you know, we're here in the Bay Area, how does someone access your kind of expertise in stem cell therapy 
here in the Bay Area? Because you're, tell our listeners, where are you located? Uh, so we, I'm personally located in Fort Lauderdale, South Florida area, um, but we are affiliated with clinics all over the country, and we do have a clinic in the LA area, so um, we're in your backyard. Um, Not but in the Bay Area yet, though. Hopefully, you're going to come there soon, right? Yes, yes. So, you know, we're constantly uh, expanding our network and working with practitioners. We've trained over 700 doctors worldwide, um, and we're right now affiliated or involved with about 288 clinics worldwide. Uh, so what any interested patient can do is contact us. Our website is usstemcellclinic.com. Um, we do free consults, and we can also put them into contact with practitioners that might be closer to where they're located. Um, and it kind of also depends on what they're trying to address. So, for example, some clinics may only specialize in orthopedics. Others may do neurological conditions. So we can get them connected with the right practitioners. That makes a lot of sense. How long, I know I asked you this earlier, but how long does it take for someone to start seeing results? So if someone does come to you or comes to a clinic near uh, where they live, they get one treatment, what kind of results can they see? So this certainly varies depending on what the patient's trying to address. Um, the first thing that the cells can do is help to reduce inflammation. So if a patient has a lot of active inflammation, that's often a source of pain. So the cells will actually bring down that inflammation within a matter of days to a week. So they may experience some improvements right away. Okay. Other patients may not see improvements for uh, months new tissue formation can take three to six or even 12 months. So think about a lizard that loses its tail. It takes two years to grow back a small lizard tail. So we are trying to undo damage that may have occurred over decades. If you've got bone on bone arthritis, you've been working on that for several decades. So it may take a little bit of time and or more than one injection to start to repair the damage that's inside. What about prophylactic use of stem cell therapy? Do you see a lot of that in, in LA especially where you can start to use stem cells? You know, you get to that, that awful, you know, 50s decade and you can start to use some of the stem cell therapy to prevent uh, aging, especially things like wrinkles. Yes, yeah, so uh, I actually happen to be a patient who uses stem cells uh, in more of a prophylactic or anti-aging type approach. Um, I began dosing myself about five years ago. Uh, so just to give you an idea, if, if I go to the gym and I'm doing workouts and I uh, just tweak my knee a little bit, I get a little knee pain, I'm not going to wait until that's severe. I'm going to get a quick stem cell injection. Why not? Um, the other thing is I'll do a systemic delivery of stem cells about every six to 12 months. Um, this is more just to bring down any sort of inflammation. We're constantly inflamed. We're being exposed. It, you know, did you eat something that created, did you breathe the air outside? Yeah. You could have gotten inflammation from that. Yeah. Um, so by doing a IV, this is just going to bring down overall inflammation and inflammation is really what ages us it, it shrinks what are called our telomeres our telomeres are really an indication of how old we are and eventually we all die of shortened telomeres um, so by keeping our inflammation lower we can actually keep our telomeres longer for a longer period of time um, so in that sense you can think of it as like the fountain of youth uh, my intention is to live to 150 and beyond and I want to live well during that time uh, so everything I can do to stay youthful 
We also do aesthetic procedures, so something called a facial fat transfer with stem cells. So we can take your fat and then apply it to the face in the same way that you would apply like a filler. Um, but it's a very natural. It's, it's using your own tissue. It's using your own stem cells that can help to create new blood supply. So like a youthful glow um, as well as collagen production. Now, the other thing that, that I've done that's, I think, of great interest, especially for women in their 40s and beyond when we're starting to get our hormonal changes, uh, is a vaginal injection. Uh, so I have had two children, and as a result, I suffered from urinary incontinence. If I would sneeze or if I would do a jumping jack, I would pee my pants. Uh, so by doing an injection of the cells into the vaginal wall, uh, we can actually help to strengthen the tissue so that I'm no longer peeing my pants, it can also help uh, with lubrication. And I think this is something that a lot of women in their 40s and beyond are suffering from vaginal dryness. And some of the, the lubrications that are available on the market just are not good. And it can be very painful intercourse. Um, so that really did help and make a difference for me uh, with that lubrication. We apply that same concept to men. And the issue is that as we age, our blood supply starts to go down. Uh, our blood vessels start to shut down and we can do what's called an injection directly into the penis, into the corpus cavernosum, which can help to improve blood supply. So if you're getting better blood supply to the area, you can have um, better erections. Um, Okay. What about cancer patients? We have a beat cancer uh, boot camp with Dr. Keneally, which is amazing. And so mm -hmm. we have a lot of different members that are both either, you know, going into cancer treatment or coming out of cancer treatment. How can stem cell help them? Yeah, so uh, cancer treatment is one of our newest protocols that we've been working on. We've now done about 20 or so patients um, looking at whether or not we can utilize these stem cells to help kick up a, a fight mode. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the cells that we're most interested in are the mesenchymal cells. It's been shown that the mesenchymal cells can actually help to produce hematopoietic cells, and hematopoietic cells can help to produce a lot of different blood lineage cells, including things like natural killer cells or T cells, uh, which would then help to fight the cancer. Um, the other thing is sometimes with some of our traditional cancer treatments, these really wreak havoc on the immune system and on the tissues inside the body. So we can use a combined approach if a patient is choosing to undergo uh, some traditional treatments. We can do stem cell treatments to help boost their strength. When you think about it, we've actually been treating cancer patients since the 1930s. These are called bone marrow transplants. This is really a stem cell treatment. Um, so there is quite a bit of data and history associated with using stem cells in different cancers and or leukemias. Um, so there's a lot that can be learned from that available data. What we're gonna start to see are uh, therapies where you can make the cell, uh, in this case the stem cell, express specific proteins that are gonna be considered the bad thing in your body. So if you have, uh, for example, breast cancer, you can isolate the proteins associated with that specific cancer or the antigens associated with that cancer. You can make the stem cell express that by using a process called electroporation or uh, maybe using what's called uh, an AAV vector, uh, which is um, like a viral vector that will help to insert that protein into the nucleus of the cell. 
a stem cell can act like an antigen presenting cell, which is a cell that is responsible for putting bad things up on a billboard. So your body knows when something has gone wrong and then your body starts producing antibodies to fight it. And one of the challenges with cancer is that sometimes your body doesn't know something's gone wrong. And so it's not producing, it's not fighting it because it doesn't know. So if you can present to the body using your stem cell and this antigen from your specific cancer, now your body is aware that something is wrong and it will fight. I think that the technology to fight so many different diseases is already here. We have right. it. Right. We just have to unleash it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we say, you know, health boot camps. It's about unleashing your own health in a better way. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about natural ways to improve stem cell creation. So one is clearly getting in and getting your fat out and doing it that way. Sure, sure. Natural ways that someone says, you know, I'm not ready for the surgical aspect of it, but what can we do to just help my body do a better job of creating stem cells? Yeah, one of the easiest ways to help boost your stem cells is fasting. Um, so you can do intermittent fasting um, if you, for example, have your last meal in the evening, 6 or 8 p.m., try to go at least 12 hours or maybe even push it a little bit longer, so like 8 to 8 or 8 to 10 or 8 to 11, um, and this will naturally boost the amount of stem cells. So uh, I often will uh, skip my first meal in the morning, skip breakfast and take it till about 11 or 11.30 to help give me a little stem cell boost. Um, and you'll start to notice improvements in your cognitive ability uh, just by doing that intermittent fasting. And then maybe one time a week, you can go a little longer, maybe try to go 24 hours. So I think a good, good day to do that is Saturday night to Sunday. Sunday can be kind of a rest day. Um, you know, you can still drink water um, and then allow your body to really get a nice boost of stem cells. Anything else? Are there any vegetables or fruits? Any kind of, or bone marrow, you know, does eating bone marrow help, for example? Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly all of those things are going to be good for your microbiome, having good antioxidants, nice vegetables. Um, and this is going to be more a result of the free radicals that exist inside our body. So for, for those that don't know about free radicals, what happens when we're getting exposure to a lot of toxins is that the oxygen molecules inside our body, and our body has a lot of oxygen molecules, think water, you know, H2O, yeah. um, the oxygen molecules in our body become free radicals. What that means is they lose an electron and they're like kind of crazy and they start stealing electrons from all of the oxygen molecules around us and this leads to tissue degradation and it has to kick your stem cells into high gear to start repairing that. Mm -hmm. So one way to neutralize the amount of free radicals inside your body uh, is to get exposure to foods that are, you know, vegetables, really high in antioxidants and, and keeping a healthy diet. The other way is to go outside and stand barefoot in the grass or in the dirt because this is actually negatively charged. It'll give you negative ions, which will help to neutralize those free radicals inside your body. This is why when you go to the beach and you go for a walk or you go in the forest, you go for a walk, you feel amazing. Absolutely. It's because it's neutralizing those free radicals inside your body. And by the way, if there's ever a, a thunder or lightning storm, that's the best time to get outside. Um, <laughs> don't get struck by lightning, but it's the best time to get outside and take in those negative ions. I get very excited when a thunderstorm comes. You can use other things like, you know, your essential oils. I have here my, my lava beads where I put my essential oils and allow those to, wow. um, 
you know, go into the skin uh, throughout the day. And those can be anti-inflammatory and calming, you know, things like lavender. Um, you know, it's very calming and it just helps to reduce your cortisol levels. Cortisol levels will mess up your stem cells. It'll mess up your sleep. It'll really mess up. Oh, here's a very easy hack. Um, if you find yourself getting really stressed out and your cortisol levels spiking, Mm. bend over and touch your toes. It will instantly drop your cortisol levels. Um, so if you ever are in a fight with someone and you're like arguing and you feel yourself getting that fight or flight moment, all yeah. you have to do is bend over and touch your toes. Two things will happen. Your cortisol drops and two, the person that you're in a fight with will think you're crazy and they'll stop fighting with you. <laughs> I love that. That is awesome. I'm going to try that. Definitely. <laughs> that, that is a, that's a brilliant, very simple hack. Very simple. It's free. <laughs> what about toxins? Let's talk about toxins uh, really quickly. You've, you've mm -hmm. mentioned how you know, clearly destructive toxins can be. Mm -hmm. What are some ways that you've seen, like simple, again, simple hacks for getting rid of toxins and preventing toxins? Yep. So for me personally, I tend to follow a little bit more of a paleo or a keto style type diet. Now, keep in mind, meat is not necessarily right for everyone. Um, so that's something that you have to play with. Um, some people can process meat and some people cannot. And then you also have to take into consideration ethical concerns. Um, if you are going to eat meat, it's best that you eat clean meat. What I mean by that is grass-fed, grass-finished beef, uh, free-range organic chicken, a wild-caught fish. Um, and then as far as your vegetables go, uh, you want to always stick to organic so that it's going to have a lot less glyphosate. Glyphosate is a fertilizer chemical that is sprayed on a lot of the farms here in the United States. And by the way, a lot of other countries have banned the use of glyphosate. It's been linked mm -hmm. to cancers and many, many people have a hard time processing it. And so it can contribute to issues in the gut. And when you have issues in the gut, you're completely imbalanced. The gut talks to the brain. Uh, so if you don't have a good microbiome, you've got problems. You've got things like autoimmune diseases that can creep up. You've got neurological conditions. Um, so organic vegetables, really critical. There's a nice product called Restore, R-E- Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yes, yes. Okay. So you can take a shot of that, uh, before you eat. So if there is any glyphosate, like, especially if I'm going to be at a restaurant, which I try not to go to restaurants, but if I'm going to be in a restaurant, um, then I'll do a little shot of that beforehand to help protect the gut. Um, I try to stay away from most grains. Uh, the one grain that I will eat is white rice, uh, not brown rice. I prefer white rice. It tends to be lower in arsenic. Arsenic mm -hmm. is a neurotoxin, not great for your brain. Um, and I, for the most part, stay away from dairy products. Most of the world's population uh, is going to have issues with lactose and or casein. Um, both of those can be pro-inflammatory, uh, with the one exception being butter. I will eat grass-fed, grass-finished butter. Um, and I do eat eggs as well, uh, free-range um, organic eggs. One of the biggest sources of toxins in our lives comes from our water. Uh, so at my house, I use what's called a reverse osmosis system that does also then put the, the good metals, the good minerals back, um, but it will remove things like fluoride or any other contaminants that could be neurotoxins like aluminum. Yeah. Aluminum is a big contamination inside the house. You will find it in a lot of cosmetic or um, you know products like deodorants. Um, I stopped wearing deodorant several years back. 
Um, and I always say, if your friends think you don't smell good, just get new friends. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but actually, if you're eating a clean diet, yeah, if you're eating a clean diet and you're not exposed to a lot of toxins, your sweat should not have a toxic smell associated with it. Um, there are some natural products. Uh, I like Truly's deodorant is a, is a nice product. Um, and then toothpaste or anything that's going to have fluoride, I, I stay away from that. Fluoride is also a neurotoxin. So the original studies uh, that came about that led to us putting fluoride in the water uh, came out of Colorado Springs. There were people who lived down at the bottom of the mountains in Colorado Springs, and they had the whitest, most beautiful teeth you ever saw. Um, and they said, oh, it's, these people are getting fluoride in their water. That's why their teeth are so fabulous. Uh, the problem with that study was that this was a natural mineral coming off of the mountain. The fluoride that is put into our water sources and or added to our uh, toothpaste is not a natural source. This is a chemical byproduct uh, that comes from places like Dow Chemical. Uh, and this has been shown in studies to be a neurotoxin. So for me, not worth it. Uh, I use something called Uncle Harry's, uh, which is a mineral paste. Yeah. And I floss my teeth and you can see my teeth That's are beautiful. Yes. So I, you don't need fluoride necessarily. They're gorgeous. You have perfect and, and perfect skin, and, and I think you're a walking, talking um, advertisement for stem cell therapy, as you said, you've been taking it for five years. You know, yeah. talking about gut, we, we didn't touch upon gut yet. Is mm -hmm. there a promise of stem cell therapy for gut? Because God, I think everyone's got gut issues these days. Yeah, I mean, I think that even just by cleaning up your diet, you can change your gut health. This is not something that's set in stone. Eating a variety of different vegetables and, and you know, uh, exposing yourself um, to different fermented foods. I actually did a shot this morning. I, I like to do apple cider vinegar mm -hmm. um, for gut health. I do take kind of a, a mix of different probiotics. Um, I tend to be a little bit of a minimalist when it comes to vitamins, and I also tend to be one of those people that, hey, this morning I feel like fish oil. Uh, and I just take fish oil for no particular reason. It just happens to be what I felt like. Um, so, you know, and I think listening to your body, you know, I think that you know what you need better than anyone. No, no doctor knows what you need better than what you know you need. So you have to start to listen to that voice and allow yourself um, to, to really start to learn your body. You know, I think mm -hmm. we're all raised culturally to believe that somebody else knows better how to heal us and how to treat us and what's wrong with us even. Uh -huh. you know, we need to get a lot of tests done to figure out what's wrong with us. And it's only when something like what happened to me where I got so sick, the tests showed nothing was wrong and hey, I had 28 symptoms, so mm -hmm. clearly something was wrong. It didn't matter that the test said nothing was wrong, that you learn to go inwards and go, let me try to understand what is my body saying and, mm -hmm. and start to see, hey, I did this and this happened. You start to connect the dots. Start yeah, I think this is what's, I think, wrong with modern day medicine. It is fantastic when we are in times of trauma. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're in a car accident, you need surgery, and somebody's got to sew something back on. Yes. We can do amazing things. Yes. Um, but when we start to deal with chronic illnesses, 
and we do tests that may be inconclusive or don't show things, oftentimes patients will just get labeled as crazy. It's just, it's, it's so unfair. And I think that there's so many different things that occur inside our body that we don't yet understand. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the, the best thing that we can do is try to detoxify and heal from the inside. And maybe we can uh, get off of some of the medications that aren't giving us the results we want. I love that. This has been great. So insightful for everyone listening in or watching. We're going to be putting in the show notes, the links to Dr. Kristen's clinic, as well as to the link to where you can find a different clinic if you want to get access to something that's more local to you. Uh, you mentioned, Dr. Kristen, that there's a free consult. Yes. Yeah. yeah tell us a little bit more about that. How can folks get access to that? Yeah, once they call, they schedule a consult with one of our medical staff. They can um, tell all of their concerns, um, exactly the issues that they're trying to address or, you know, wanting to address. And then we can go through some of the therapies that are available at our clinic that may be of use to them. How long is that free consult? Is there a time limit? They're usually 30 to 60 minutes, but okay. kind of depends on the patient. Okay, We've, that we've talked good. to patients for hours before. We yeah. don't really put a limit on that. I think that's one of the biggest issues with medicine right now, um, you know, where it's, okay, I have 15 minutes. You better tell me everything that's happened to you in the last 60 years. Yeah. It's not realistic. Yes. Or I don't even care what happened to you for the last right. Here's a pill. Good luck. Bingo, bingo. You know, here's what this test said. Here's the pill that corresponds to the test result. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a different game um, in, in the conventional medicine at this point. And who are they consulting with? Is it someone who is a qualified nurse or? Yep. So they're usually, uh, it could be, a it depends on what they're calling about. So it could be one of our physicians. We also have a variety of different mid-levels, physician assistants, nurse practitioners, um, but somebody who can specifically talk about, you know, diseases and how the therapies that we offer may help. Wonderful. This has been fantastic. Any parting advice for those of, uh, of our members who are very interested in regenerative medicine, looking at this, considering this, any, any last minute, any last tips or advice? Yeah, the power to heal is inside you. Love it. Thank you so much, Dr. Chris. That's a wrap. Share your love with a five-star review and get show notes at healthbootcamps.com. Connect with us on Health Bootcamps Facebook and Twitter. Also, don't forget to check out other great interviews and subscribe to the Get Healthier podcast today.